With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello everybody, welcome back. It's not quite Vengeance Day yet, but it is Saturday. It's the best day of the week because you get to listen to Saturday Draft Live, the very first episode of Season 8, the Tag Team Season. And it's already been a very interesting weekend. It looks to get a whole lot more interesting tomorrow night at TakeOver Vengeance Day. A lot of big points up for grab. I'm one of your usual host, Scott McLeod, joined by my usual co-hosts and fellow past season winners. First off, Mr. David Hockney. Hello, Scott. Great to be back for another season. Uh, it's always good to be back. Jack? Hi, yeah. Happy to be here once once again for season eight for the one of the most unusual seasons with us all being in tag teams this time round. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see how it's all going to unfold. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, unknown to be delved into. And we're going to dive into it as we usually do with our top three of the week. Uh, it's always interesting to see like who the top picks are the first week. And number three this week is Daniel Bryan, who's part of the Goat Tones, David Campbell and Ryan Gallagher's team. He's uh, actually the number one in the top five newcomers this season because it's been actually quite a while since he has been uh, since he's been picked with six points this week. Uh, Dave, we'll go to you. It's, mm-hmm. it's weird that Brian, it's been a while since Bryan's been, been picked and. You know, he got a big win this week on SmackDown. He's in the, the mix for the Elimination Chamber. Why do you think Daniel Bryan hasn't been a top like priority the last couple of seasons? Um, well, obviously, I think he's announced that you know he's doing a much more of a part-time schedule now, and he's uh, he's also said he's going to be part of the SmackDown writing team. So maybe I've, maybe they thought he wouldn't appear as much uh, given recent seasons, but he has been appearing quite a lot lately. I think purely at the best of you know, building new talent, you know, such as Nakamura and Cesaro as, you know, as a prime example. And, but I think that to make sure that he's heavily involved in these, in possibly the universal title picture is definitely proving benefits for the goat tones at the minute. And, but I think purely this is for the purpose of elevating new stars, you know, because if you look at the field in the elimination chamber, now you've got Cesaro, you've got Jey Uso, you've got Corbin, you've got Zayn. And there's, um, there's plenty of opportunity to, to make new stars, and I think that's what Brian's there to do. So he's going to get a lot of exposure as a result, hence why he's probably in the top three this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, I'll ask you this. Uh, Brian does, has taken some losses, as Dave said, 
but now he's in the mix for the elimination chamber. Do you see Brian as a potential favourite uh, or somebody who could get a, a big amount of points for David and Ryan come elimination chamber? Um, it's a it's a weird one. I don't I, I don't know how it's going to go. I didn't I didn't think it was going to go down the route that the winner of the chamber would face Roman Reigns like straight after the match. I did think it would be a Roman Reigns and elimination chamber match. So I just thought, oh, it's going to be a not not that it would gain. Uh, Gary and Grant like any extra points on that matter but I thought oh well that's just a one and done type thing they'll get their points and they'll go away but it's it's weird I, I, I generally I don't know how to call this maybe potential to get an elimination or two I, 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 asking me right now like even like draft aside I generally don't know who's going to win that I think there's a lot of directions it can go obviously you could have Jay win and just have Roman beat him up again you could have mm-hmm. Owens win go down the same route it's it's interesting to say the least. I'll be I'll be looking forward to see how it, how it, how it scores points by elimination chamber. Mhm, mhm. It is a, a very interesting pick. Going to the number two in the top three, Dave. Back to you because he's a member of of your team. Mm-hmm. He is the EW World Champion, Kenny Omega, with nine points. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a surprise to see him as one of the top three on a given week. But also this week he had that big match team with Kenta on AEW Dynamite against. Moxley and Lance Archer so I think this is a thing we can probably be used to seeing with Omega in the top especially given that he'll likely hold the belt through a, through a revolution Yeah that's what me and Robert were, were hoping for, you know the Shaw Bank Redemption's made a wise choice in picking Kenny Omega as our team captain to start us off uh, because we had AEW Revolution in mind and whatever way the title match goes, because it looks like you've got three potential challengers now and I said on an earlier episode of Central I think it was I wouldn't surprise me if the title match eight revolution is a fatal four-way between these four guys. But I hope that Kenny comes out on top, you know, just continues to rack up the points. And yeah, I hope he get he continues to get more and more exposure as the weeks go on, given that you know he's the he's AEW's top guy in this crossover to between AEW and Impact at the minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But if he does appear back in Impact uh, this season, he won't get any points for that, sadly. And it is uh, good for you, to, you and Robert that you managed to, to get Ken Omega and mm. cause it was kind of midway through round two where you thought uh, the EW World Champion would have been taken up, you know, they had said uh, and Strack before you, but you know they started to they take Dr. Buddy Greg to Baker <laughs> instead in round two instead of the EW World Champion which I think was a big mistake Yeah, uh, it I- proved to be a big mistake in the long run I was genuinely shocked that they didn't pick Kenny Omega in the second round and you know, we just sort of capitalised on that opportunity. It was a, it was an absolute no brainer to go for Kenny when he was still up for grabs. It, it felt like like I gave me a bit of false hope because I thought Kenny had almost like slipped under the radar somehow and then you bloody picked him and like, Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, you were a fair bit behind us anyway, so I doubt you'd have picked them anyway. Yeah. But Moving on to the number one pick of uh, the week, the person me and Stephen did get at the end of round two, our captain. He's number one with 13 points. And don't you dare be sour about that. It's Big E, who, despite winning by disqualification and his Intercontinental title defence, the wins for a championship match are not stated whether or not it's by a clean win or by a DQ. A championship win is still a championship win in the rules of the draft. Uh, with 13 points, Big E... Still the Continental Champion. I'm obviously very happy with this. But, uh, Jack, do you think this is leading to eventually Apollo 
taking the belt from Biggie, and uh, should we Steve be very concerned about this? Um, I don't know. I, I I'm liking the the, the character of Paul right now. It's, it's very good, but I think Biggie retaliated that well. Just kind of calling a bit of a whiny wee get. You know what I mean? He's like had like three chances and he's failed. Uh, I think that it's a good way to keep the story going. Do I see Apollo being the one to take the belt off Biggie? No, I, I, I don't. Maybe it'll be a match Elimination Chamber, then Fastlane, whatever it is, but I, I don't see Apollo being the man to take the belt off Biggie. But I think you and Steven should be counting your lucky stars if what Biggie said was true and every week there's going to be this inter- Intercontinental Title Open Challenge and you'll be getting all these points. Yeah, I know. I hope that he gets a few in before Apollo Cruz answers them, and hopefully he wins by TQ and those as well, because it's still, like I said, still a championship win for us. You know, where I said on the draft selection show that he was one of my top scorers last season. He probably should have been my captain then, and in the first week he's uh, paid dividends. But uh, we all know when it comes to the draft, even a season like this, it's not a ma- it's a marathon, not a sprint. So well, that takes us over to the top. Uh, well, usually a top ten, but it's technically the top six because also the tie team aspect of it. And Jack, you and Ross, bottom of uh, the first week with fourteen. Now, like I said, it's a marathon and all that. But uh, is, is there any concern about uh, your placement yet, or are you just like, no, just give it a couple of weeks and we'll see how it goes? Um, I'm I'm going to say give it a couple of weeks and see how it goes. Uh, I think that in previous seasons with uh, Ross in particular, he has been one to. Uh, Shoot his load too quick, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he's usually kind of up the top of the table right there again. And this maybe it's a bit of, maybe a bit of humble pie for Jack and Ross being at the bottom to begin with. But we've got to look at it that uh, our number one pick didn't show up at all this week. Uh, Rhea Ripley, obviously, we're hedging our bets that she would, maybe, she would appear raw or smackdown, whatever she's going to do. Maybe this will happen after Chamber or she'll go back to NXT. I don't know. So we'll need to keep a close eye on that and what to do uh, it's I'm not not too worried I would if I was to throw something out there we we discussed for a round four pick where we'd go Cesaro or Nakamura and we went Nakamura maybe we should have went Cesaro but I, I, I do feel that we've we've got quite a bit left in the tank you know it's only it's only week one uh, we've got Balor, our captain, obviously we'll be talking about uh, what what would happen with that and the, the, the pay-per-view that's coming up tomorrow night, so that could get us a lot of points there. Thatcher and Champa, we felt a bit oh, stabbed in the heart after losing the semi-finals in Dusty Cup, so that was a bit of a bit of a sore one to take, but you know, we move on. The priesthood do what the priesthood do best one week at a time. <laughs> yeah, you will have a, a big opportunity for points come Vengeance Day, and we'll talk about that towards the end of the show uh, kind of both with 15 points there in Strack's team and the uh, and Gary and Grant's team as well with 15 I thought Gary and Grant would have been a bit higher especially with Drew uh, on their team uh, David Drew and Robert in third place mm-hmm. 17 points the Shawbank Redemption uh, are you happy with that uh, placement or do you hope to be a bit higher at the end of the first week um, that's kind of what we were expecting you know our team you know, didn't look like the most threatening on paper, but uh, overall, I think I think that comes down to the fact that our team is very sort of Wednesday night heavy. You know, we've got a lot of AEW and NXT representation when we've only got one SmackDown and one Raw representative. 
But we made those picks in the hope, you know, over time, you know, because as you said, marathon, not a sprint, over time, the momentum will start to build and they'll get a lot more exposure going forward. But our money's definitely on uh, hopefully getting big wins at AEW Revolution with Kenny Omega retaining, possibly the Young Bucks retaining as well, which would be magic. Uh, But also we've got Io Shirai defending the title against Tony Storm and Mercedes in the women's title match. So a big win for that would be huge. And carrying Cross, you know, I think our prediction was, you know, he challenges Finn Balor at WrestleMania for the NXT title. So I think our team's a bit of a slow burner, but it's obviously off to a a very, I wouldn't say a cautious start. I'd say more of a, uh, we, we're off on the right foot, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Like You have a win from the heavy team, as you said, but you did have Bianca Belair as part of your team as well. She made she appeared on SmackDown, so that gave you a couple extra points. Mm-hmm. as well she appeared um, on Raw as well yeah mm-hmm. yes, so I think much like Edge she'll be appearing on the different brands before she officially makes her decision even though I think deep down we all know it's probably going to be her v it's still nice for her to like, keep popping up and get you those mm-hmm. extra appearance points and coming in second is the GOAT Don's Ryan and David with 22 points and they, they had uh they were at the bottom of the table, and then they claimed up, especially with the, quite a few big players on SmackDown. You know, you had Bailey getting a win, you had Nia and Shayna making an appearance to confront uh, Sasha and Bianca, and you had Daniel Bryan getting a win alongside Cesaro to earn a spot in the Elimination Chamber, so a good SmackDown for those two. But a team that also was very Wednesday night heavy uh, was myself and Stephen, who end up in number one, 31 points. And on Mon- after Monday, we had like one point, and that was because Charlotte got herself bloody DQ'd. And we thought, oh, but you know, let's not think too much. I know we're a very Wednesday night heavy team, and I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but I don't think that Wednesday could have gone any better for us. Because you had Darby, <laughs> Darby retained the TNT title over Joey Janela. You had MSK defeating Legado del Fantasma to advance to the finals of the Dusty Classic. Uh, I had to thank you, Jack, for taking champion Satrivers because he's kind of saved us there. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's Kishida, you know, be, getting involved with Austin Theory, and you also had Gonzalez making an appearance. So, and also we thought, well, I mean, we've still got our captain Jeff here, and I thought Biggie would just make an appearance, maybe get into a segment with a Paul or something like that. But then I didn't realise he'd have a Aaron Cornell tail defence. So I don't want to like get too far ahead of myself because you know, and still a make or break thing for me and Steven's team could be this Sunday at Vengeance Day because we have three matches that could really impact our team. Uh, I think it's very very good that uh, Darby Allen successfully retained, but how how long will be off after Team Taz dragged him away in a car? You know what I mean? Where's where's the boy gone? But uh, obviously, this this big E with your open challenges and whatnot, uh, MSK, you've, you've set yourself on a very good start here. For the, the, the two a time winning team. Yeah, you gotta think like MSK, a lot of people were saying um the draft show, I think you might have said David, you thought there was a bit like a risk taking MSK when we still had people mm-hmm. like like Jack said, the Ross and SmackDown tag champs were still available, like say you'll get the week SmackDown, but the Brian and Cesaro easily beat the SmackDown tag champs again to the chamber, so I think that was a, a wise decision to go again back to Wednesday for our tag team. Ah, uh, it's it's I still find it weird that we don't have like the Raw and SmackDown tag team champions or the men's tag team champions in the draft this season. It's it's it, I think it's quite telling how folk are thinking and strategizing for the points that the current 
the current tag teams is not ones to have faith in. Well, I think it goes to the very booking of them, though, because like, I had Cesaro and Nakamura as my tag team, and they were really shafted for the season I had them, so I'm quite uh, hesitant to really go back to the Raw SmackDown like tag champs, you know, unless it's like the Street Profits, who seem to do wonders for when uh, when Daniel had them. Uh, you know, and also like Cedric and Shelton were good for, for Dave, but they haven't actually done much uh, like from the start of this season, so I can see why nobody really would have went for them. So I think that's why everybody's uh, kind of hesitant with like tag wrestling. Whereas we've got like take over to think about. We got a uh, revolution to talk about, and both AEW and NXT have very like very filled like tag divisions. And look at some of these people. You got to think like Elimination Chamber is like next Sunday, and you look at the, the table here. You I think Gary and Grant they've got a uh, Drew. Because uh, even though like Roman won't technically be championship points, it'll just be appearance if he appears with Heyman. Uh, Drew's probably going to retain the elimination chamber, and that's going to help. Yeah, I can't really shut up the table, and you know I, I believe that there's also points for eliminations in the elimination chamber, much like uh, the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So there you go. You got to think like David and uh, David and Ryan. If uh, Daniel Bryan doesn't win, but he just gets like a couple of eliminations before getting eliminated then that's still, like, very valuable. You know, I, I, for one, know the value of an elevation chamber. Just ask Shayna Baszler last year when she uh, ran through everybody. You got mad about her points, didn't you? I, every, every chance something something like that could happen. Uh, still think it's ridiculous that we're having two chamber matches. I don't get this elevation chamber, the pay-per-view, but I don't think, there was, don't think two is needed unless we're going to do, like, a man and a woman's we're getting two men's potential for a woman's probably not going to happen next week but uh, we'll see yeah I mean I think they should it should be a men's or a woman's I think if they're going to do a men's they should have just done the Smackdown the Smackdown one seems more interesting to me whereas on Raw you could have just done Seamus versus Drew and I think people would have been happy whereas like you got people like Ripley if she if she ends up going to Raw Charlotte you got Lacey you got uh, Alexa Bliss all these people who could potentially challenge uh, Asuka for the Raw Women's title, and so you got all these contenders in the Elimination Chamber. I thought that'd be interesting, but uh, that seems to not be the way WWE is going with it. But we are going to go over to Dave now. You've got the the Listeners League, uh, a very different way you're going to present it this season because we've got a much larger pool than last time. Yeah, we've got uh, about just over three times as many people like uh, investing in our listeners' league this time. It's a much, much bigger league to go through. And first, I want to thank all the the people who've stepped forward to uh, take part in our listeners' league as well. I think it's just made it even that more enjoyable. So what I'm going to do for this first week is I am going to just go through each member of the the draft from bottom to top and... uh, and then we'll go into our top five in a bit more detail just for this week. But we'll, we'll do a, a week-by-week comparison of how the, the table's changing overall. So uh, starting from the bottom, we have Johnny Napier with Rick Steiner's Mouser. We have returning from last season, we have Colin Blackburn with Koshi's Warriors. We have friend of the show, John Isherwood from the core to the Nexus. We have Jonathan Swift, Team Swifty Suplexes Lee. Ollie Browning with The Cena The. What Stan a name, Root. what a name, by the <laughs> way. All right, yeah. You, you think that's a team name? Wait to hear this one. Next, we have Dan Wood with, I was told to draw a wrestler, so I drew McIntyre. <laughs> nah. 
Nothing tops Ollie Browning's team name. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Dan's is my favourite so far. So I have to disagree with you, Jack. So uh, next we have Adam Morrison with the network. We have Ross Brady with milk lemonade sexual chocolate. We have <laughs> Matthew Wilkinson with the B plus players. Uh, from the SWN, we have Billy Strachan with Billy's No Mates. Uh, Michael Clottier with Broken in Half. Shane D with Shane's Super Spreaders. Returning from last season, we also have Gary Morris with Quizzy Rascals yet again. Then we have Adam Callier with Ross Kemp as a nice guy. We have Ross Cray <laughs> with uh, Billy Kayfabe. <laughs> you like that one, Jag? Oh, Ross Kemp, Ross Kemp as a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, Ross Cray with Billy Kayfabe, which is, uh, that was actually quite clever as well. Uh, uh, also from last season, we have Alan Laurie with Jam Sandwich. Oh, sorry, beg your pardon. Peace and Jam. Yeah. Again from last season, Ryan Dalgleish with the People's Representatives. We also have uh, Lee McAteer with Stop the Steel Cage. And then we have BDK with Team Main Event. But now we'll move into our top five now. So uh, in fifth place this week, we have JP with You Can't Sleep with the Light On, but You Can Sleep with a Hard On. Like, oh God, I don't know what to make of that one. <laughs> Well done, JP. I mean, some of these team names are pretty creative, not going to lie. So JP's team consists of the team of Heyman Reigns, uh, Bianca Belair, Big E, AJ Styles, Io Shirai, and Tony Storm. So a good mix of male and female competitors. Bianca Belair is his team captain. Uh, getting big points, obviously, from Big E uh, winning the inter- well, retaining the Intercontinental title this week, I should say. But he does have Io Shirai and Tony Storm. Uh, as two of his female picks would be, would be quite interesting given uh, uh, Vengeance Day this weekend. But, you know, he's, he's done well for a good start. 24 points overall. Fourth place, we have Paul Benson with Lex Me Be Your Fantasy. So Paul Benson, uh, a new entry to, to this season and he's uh, come out swinging. So he, his team is MJF and Jericho for his tag team. He also has Bianca Belair. Big E is his team captain from round two. He also has Bobby Lashley, Bailey and carrying cross so the, those three have been sort of a bit more bit less featured compared to the the other three but Big E's as captain is what helped elevate him up into uh into fourth place uh, i should say joint third actually because he shares uh, the same number of points so he's joint third uh with lyle carr uh with team name ring rust also on 26 points so we'll just find his team here yep so his team involves the young bucks Bianca Belair, Big E, I'm sensing a trend here, Damien Priest, <laughs> uh, Seth Rollins, and Darby Allen. His team captain is Bianca Belair. So Big E paying dividends for a lot of our top five scorers in the Listeners League this week. And obviously Damien Priest getting a lot of showing on Monday Night Raw this week and Darby Allen retaining the TNT titles. So uh, Lyle's also just off to a good start, as is Paul. But now we'll move into our top two, which actually share first place, both on 28 points. I'll read them in the order I have them here. So for Thomas Fraser, uh, he here comes the money as his team. And he has MJF and Jericho, Bianca Belair, Kenny Omega, Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, and Darby Allen. So quite a, an AEW-themed uh, team for him. Kenny Omega and Darby Allen obviously getting big wins. Bianca Belair is his team captain. And I think it's what the AEW uh, representation is what's helping him out. But Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins, you know, as we mentioned earlier, Bryan was in the... Uh, was a big scorer this week. And I imagine Seth Rollins is going to be featured a lot. So keep an eye on Thomas Fraser. I think he's going to be one to watch this season. But uh, returning from last season, uh, it is Tom Brock, uh, who's also in joint first with the 
the Hizzlegraft Vanguards, the, the team of... Thank you. So the team of MSK, Bianca Belair, Kenny Omega, Damian Priest, ha 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 ha, Io Shirai, and Darby Allen. His team captain is also Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair, very, very popular amongst the, the Listener's League uh, competitors, but uh, Tom appears to have a very good mix of all shows, like, but he's picked like high, high scoring competitors too. Like Io Shirai, as we said, you know, is at Vengeance Day defending the women's title. We've got MSK as his NXT tag team. He's got representations from Raw, SmackDown, and two from AEW, both of which won this week. So Tom, you know, he might have, might have had a bit of a rough season uh, last time around, but uh, I think he's, he's learned from that and he's already off to a flying start. So here's hoping Tom can turn things around and get a, a strong finish this season. So back to you, Scott. Thank you very much, Dave. Uh, yeah, a quick look over the, the listeners' league is that I know we're a lot of people were shocked when Heyman and Roman were taking Sky and Grant's tie team, but I think a lot of the listeners have, uh, have seen the genius in that as they seem to be the most popular uh, team amongst the listeners' league. You know, you got one or two people who took who take like uh, MJF and Jericho or MSK or something like that. But yeah, mostly it seems to be Heyman and uh, Roman in the tie teams and. Also, Drew seems to be, I think, the most popular in terms of captain, but you got a few people, much like Tom, who are taking Bianca Belair. And I think uh, Tom's been a bit smarter with his picks because, you know, he was near the bottom, he was at the bottom of the table for most of last season's listeners' league, but now he starts off the first week uh, tied for first. And I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here because I know some people, <coughs> David Campbell, uh, don't like the listeners' league. You know, they think also there's no strategy to it and everything, but. I think, uh, to play devil's advocate, you guys think certain teams look good on paper, and even though you're choosing from like people that have already been picked, you maybe say, oh, so-and-so's got this person on this team, that seems like a good pick on paper, I'll pick them, but you never actually know if that's actually going to pay dividends, so I think there's slightly more strategy to the listeners' lead than like, people would give credit for. I think Don Brock proves that because he was at the bottom the last week, and now he's made some smarter choices, and now look where he is at the start of the first week. I was... I think the good thing that's going to happen in the Listeners League is it's probably always going to be a near enough a different top five each time with how the, the teams have strategized and going on with different uh, perspectives and how they're going to get their points. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to how uh, Dave's going to be breaking this down every week and I'm looking forward to hearing all the team names right again because they're really brilliant. Yeah, you got to look at, look at most of the teams. There seems to be a current pattern kind of forming in that most of the teams, not all of them, but some of them, have like one or two like Raw or SmackDown picks usually that Raw SmackDown pick is their captain and like so like a Drew McIntyre or something like that but there are a lot of Wednesday night heavy teams on uh, the listeners league and I think it goes back to what I said uh, at the selection show that you got to think about how important the Wednesday night shows are going to be this season even though we are building to WrestleMania because you got NXT with TakeOver potentially the NXT title being defended at WrestleMania then you got AEW Revolution and also the fact that AEW don't do pay-per-views that often throughout the year, but when they do, you should have somebody who you think is going to get a big win on that pay-per-view. So I think, again, the idea of like going very well and heavy actually has proven dividends for a lot of people. I think while Wednesday nights have potential to be good in the short term compared to the long term, potentially we'll just need to wait and see, wait and find out as the, the, the weeks go on for the boys. <laughs> yeah, and tomorrow we have NXT or Vengeance Day, as I mentioned, that we'll look at like who stands to really benefit from, from Vengeance Day 
Yeah, Jack, we'll go start with you because you guys have got Finn Balor taking on uh, Pete Dunne, who nobody actually took a, a chance on in the draft. But I think all the rumours are that it'll be Finn Balor representing NXT at WrestleMania. I, I think the main times you'll see Finn wrestling is probably here at TakeOver and maybe at WrestleMania because he, word is he's still suffering from a few injuries, like nagging injuries. But I still think this is a, a top like opportunity for you and Ross to, to gain points and to claim back up that table. It was our, it was our plan all along to take Balor. We don't think that uh, Pete Dunne is the one to take the NXT title off uh, Finn here. So we're like, right, the plan is, well, I'll tell you what the plan is. We're hoping that Rhea would have appeared by now, right? And that we were hoping that after the takeover, we'll be able to switch our captain. Was Rhea not appearing yet? And no clear sign that she'd be there at the chamber. I ain't gonna be stupid to switch the captain and say yes. Yeah, so we'll keep it on for next week. See how it goes. So that's the that's our kind of current plan. Where things are going, uh, I think is a surefire one that Balor's going to retain here. You know, potentially maybe a couple of bits backstage or something before the match. So there's a and with him being our captain as well, I think there's a heavy good chance that we could get a fair amount of points come this match. I do think Finn is a, a solid choice, like second round pick, because I also like considered him for my team. Because uh, like you think in first round, do you think he kind of gets pushed aside for like the Rumble winners or people like Drew or people like that? So he's a smart choice to take right in round two. I think that's where he kind of should be. But they uh, will get your thoughts on it. Do you, who do you think? Do you think Jack and Ross are uh, getting for an easy night points wise with Drew with, uh, with Finn Balor? Yeah, I think so. I think, as I said before, uh, I think it's going to be Balor versus Cross at Mania. So that's kind of why uh, we took Cross. Uh, but Balor, I think, you know, he's been doing well as NXT champion, you know, despite a couple of injuries here and there. But I'd put my, if I was a betting man, I'd put a strong bet on Balor retaining. Yeah, but uh, Dave, you've got your, your own issues with uh, a champion at TakeOver. You have mm. your eyes, you mentioned I think that really puts a lot of doubt for people is the fact that it's, it's a triple threat you know, scenario. You've got Mercedes Martinez involved, who nobody's drafted, but Gary and Gary and Grant have taken Tony Storm, who are they in there in third, so they could claim up with, with a Tony Storm retention. You know, Eo doesn't have to take the pin in this match. Uh, how are you feeling about this? How confident would you say you are about Eo's chances? I think she's going to retain. I, I, I genuinely think, you know, she's been one of the best NXT Women's Champions they've had since probably Asuka or even Shayna Baszler. And I think, you know, she's had a lot of one-on-one matches lately, but I think a triple threat adds a bit more a bit more intrigue to it, a bit more of an extra challenge for her. But I can see maybe Tony and Mercedes actually end up clashing with each other. And this, as a result, will, is what costs them. And then EO can take advantage of it. Because uh, come WrestleMania weekend... I think Eel could potentially drop it to Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think you I'd lean more towards you retaining this time around, but come Mania season, I won't be so sure. Uh, Jack, what are your thoughts on Eel Shirai? Would you be a better man? There were a lot of like, hmm, when Dave and, uh, Ra- Dave and Robert took her at the selection show. Um. I, I don't think it was a, a bad decision not to take her. You know, obviously taking a champion is always a kind of strategical move, but the, the, the triple threat scenario does have me a bit worried as to what, what might happen. I do think that 
this match itself, I feel that there's there's not been that much to it, especially given in take home, uh, Wednesday there. That, like I don't think she appeared. I think it's just a a backstage like a, a video segment thing. So like I, there's not there was I don't feel there's a lot hype for this match, which may make you think that she'll retain. It's just a a stopgap thing, but. I I I do I do fear that she might lose the title tomorrow night. I think if she if she does retain, then like her days are still numbered. Maybe it's uh, Gonzalez, or maybe she faces one of these two in a singles match, and they can use that. Like whoever doesn't get pinned, you pins one and then doesn't pin the other, and the other the one who didn't get pinned can say like, well, I deserve a one on one match. I would have won if it was one on one. Yeah, or no, but I do think I would say about Finn Balor. I, would, I think he's definitely retaining tomorrow. I'm not so sure about the picks that ones that my picks are in because, you know, I got Kushida taking on Joey Gargano for the North American title, got MSK and the Dusty Classic final against the grizzled young veterans and uh, Gonzalez. Uh, I've got her as a singles pick, but teaming with uh, Dakota Kai against Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Now, I'm really hanging my hat on one of these Dusty Classics kept going me and Stevens way. I don't think we're going to win both of them. And the thing I'm thinking here is that there's a chance that they what they'll want to go maybe babyface win for one and heel for the other. But like if they go babyface for the uh, the male one, that means MSK win. But then heel that means that Gonzalez and Catty have a chance in the other one. But they decide to flip it around and have the faces winning the the women's classic and the heels win in the male classic. That means Steven get bugger all. Mm. See, that's what I'm thinking. I think because Nia and Shayna are obviously the women's tag team champions, I reckon that Ember and Shotzi might actually have a shot at this because my original prediction was Dakota and Raquel to win this. But now I'm thinking if they're going to do a face v heel for the women's tag titles, then logic would dictate that Shotzi and Ember would win this. And if we're going to do the heel face split between the tag team classic winners, that would imply that Grizzled Young Vets might actually win the men's one. But can I see them going up against uh, Lorcan and Birch, though? It, it seems a bit... I mean, sure, they deserve a tag title match, but against Lorcan and Birch, I'm not entirely sure. Because I think MSK would be a more natural challenger, having the whole face-heel dynamic, but you never know. It could go either way. See, that's, that's part of the reason I didn't pick Grizzled Young Vets, because even though a lot of people still in the, still in the favour, I think with MSK, it would make more sense from a face-heel dynamic to face Lorcan and Birch. You know, I mean, they, they may not win, but it makes more sense from a dynamic purpose. And really, with if Grizzled Young Vets, it kind of benefits them because like, they've lost two finals in a row, but it gives them like, more a shout and ball about it and see how they are, they've been robbed. And maybe if MSK do win, that does mean that uh, Grizzled Young Vets can't win the titles from them down the line. Because I do think they'll be... I think after they lost to the Brozoites, they were meant to feud with them for the titles down the line. Obviously, things didn't go that way because of the bloody pandemic and everything. So they could try and do what they wanted to do last year, uh, this year, and have them challenge the the winners afterwards. But I think you'll say MSK were a bit of a, a risk. You know, they finally they managed to make it. You know, develop. I don't know if I'm more or less confident with them going against Crystal John Vets because if they were going up against Champion Thatcher, I would have thought like there's no way MSK are winning. I thought I I kind of thought like oh I'll be happy to see them in the finals, but I thought if Champion Thatcher were on the other side, they probably were going to lose. I'm I'm very surprised that Thatcher and Champ is not not in this. I get that obviously Grizzle Jung Vets they they are they are good and I think they were they were in it they were in the finals last year, weren't they? Mm-hmm. 
Yep. It's, uh, it's, um, I, I get why. I get why. But with the story that was going on with Thatcher and Champa, that's what me and Ross were talking about. We thought this was the, the way it was going to go. I think that obviously MSK just came into NXT and we're thinking, oh, we could take them because they might win the Dusty Cup. Thinking about it, we're like they've only just came into NXT and they want to have them straight off the bat winning the yeah. Dusty Cup. Is that is that what they're going to do? So we're like, no. If they go Thatcher and Champa, this is this provides a good new dynamic and something that would probably be very good for Thatcher and Champa as a tag teams at home to win the thing and go and challenge the titles and whatnot. So you get a good match out of that with Birch and Larkin. Know what I mean? But um, it's. It's interesting. I had to hedge my bet one way. I still think it's it's not not that it's too early. So the MSK are a very good tag team, but I don't see that. I I would be pretty miffed if MSK just came into NXT and then won the full tournament within a month. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. that it's got to be ground young veterans here. People will say it's got to be the veterans of the countless too. I mean. There are a lot of great teams that are looked at as one of the best in NXT, but that can be in Dusty Classic and didn't win. You know, the Revival were one of the best NXT teams. They never won a Dusty Classic. American Alpha never won the Dusty Classic. You know, I know they say, oh, it's not for tag teams, which is why it's so strange to see actual tag teams in the final. But, like, we're, we're just we're making these predictions based on, like, the idea of, like, oh, they might want to be steel dynamic for this one and then this and for this one. We have no idea how they want to go with this. It seems like they're kind of going all in on MSK. Since they've gone in, I think that could then serve for a later feud with Grizzly Young. But it's the idea of, like you guys have just walked in here to take opportunity, and like we've had to work for everything. So that, but something I'm even more uncertain about is Kushida's chances against Johnny Gargano because he seems to have had his number at every turn. You know, he got Gargano trying to weasel his way out of it by claiming he's injured uh, in NXT, and like he celebrated breaking the curse, like he won a gold medal despite the fact he just beat Leon Ruff in a title match. So I think the fact how heavy he's going in on the fact that oh the curse is broken made you think that like he's so confident now that he's retained one that could lead to his downfall here and they've been really building Kushida back up since he came in you know because he got a very dominant one over Velveteen Dream at Takeover 31 so that and he's really been due a title opportunity I think for a, a long time and people say no but not yet not yet I don't think it's time yet like yeah but he's been around in XC for more than what I think he's coming up in nearly two years I think because it feels like I think maybe sometime in 2019 he came in. So he's almost two years and he's not won a title yet. So, like, if not now, mm. when? Yeah, because he, um, he did appear at uh, Shug's House Party in 2019. I think that was just a few months after he joined NXT. Yeah, because he was being hyped up as, as NXT's Kushida coming in. Because I think it was part of the deal that ICW had that relationship with NXT and WWE. So, you know, he, he had him in 2020. There was a chance to make him Cruiserweight champion, but they decided not to go that direction. And so I think this is probably a better suit for him. You know, it doesn't mean he has to have a long reign with it, but, like, I think he just needs to, like, have a moment where he holds the title because they made a big deal about Kushida coming in. I know there was a point where he got injured in that, but, like, they really need to capitalise on sooner or later. I'll be interested. I don't think this is the end of the feud. I I think Organo will win, and I think it'll still continue. So will you get your points on Sunday? Maybe not, but will you get points down the line for potentially winning it at some point? I can maybe see it. 
you know, part of the reason I said that I was I was kind of hedging my bets on the one of the Dusty Classics at least because I think we have a better chance of winning one of those, and that's just like a pay per view win. Whereas even though like Kushida win would mean pay per view like title win points, I'm still like less confident because also there's a room for shenanigans with uh, the way getting involved. But then also they kind of have this weird thing with Dexter Lumis. I don't know if that's over yet, so he could get involved to kind of chase the way away. Especially in that two teams fast, the way away. But so, like, there's all sorts of things that could happen with TakeOver. You know, I think that's what always makes it interesting, like, with the idea of, like, doing sweeps and doing, like, the draft. It makes these residences a lot more, like, interesting to in for because you're actually, you're properly invested in the outcome, even if you haven't really been watching the last couple of weeks of, of TV. And talking about predictions, we are not going to be involved in the predictions because we've got a very special uh, four way predictions contest coming at NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day where it'll be the four people who tied at the Royal Rumble sweep as Graham McRobbie, Stephen Wilson, Sarah and Strack all going head to head to head to head yeah, to determine the new Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat Champion and you know hopefully there's a definitive winner because you know I, I have a draft opportunity to, to take advantage of very soon and I want to get your guys like prediction if you have a any thoughts of who you think could come out on top of that four-way, you know, I mean, I would be biased and say Stephen Wilson as he's my draft captain, but like, I actually kind of, part of me doesn't want Stephen to win because I don't want anything <laughs> to come between us. I don't want anything to come between us. I don't want us having to face off of the title to affect our, our partnership going forward, you know. We have to remain we have to remain a unit, which also has me thinking what's going to happen to Sarah and Strack's relationship with the partnership if they have to go head-to-head as part of this four-way for the, the title, you know, so in a way, part of me is kind of saying I want Graham McRobbie to win because, you know, East meets West partner. I know we and him have a, a bit of an understanding. I, I think it's going to be Sadar Grant. I think they are, you know, I, I don't know if I'd, I, I just, I, for some reason, I've just got in my head that I'm discounting Stephen from the start. Um, I think Strax, too, is, is obviously right into his AEW. I don't know how he'll fare, but Sarah and Grant, they they like their NXT. They they know what they're talking about when it comes to that. So I think that's your your tail of two halves for that one. Yeah, I I'd be leaning more towards Sarah on this one. Like she's she knows NXT pretty damn well, and I know how much she's invested in NXT as well. So if I was to, I mean, it could go either way, definitely, because obviously you know Steven's been great at these sweeps before. Grant might just surprise you as well, Strack, but because they know they're into like you know, the more of the Wednesday night show, but purely because I think NXT is more her more her game, I think Sarah might be walking away with it. Yeah, I mean, Drake is very NXT as well. He's heavily stopped in the past, but he's disappointed with NXT calls in the past. And that's so like, but it depends how much of NXT currently he's been keeping up with Sarah. We've seen in the past, the NXT quiz, she kind of stormed that quiz. So she definitely knows when it comes to NXT and I know Stephen has his, his history in the past, you know. Uh, like you said, like, it is very nice to have like this very unpredictable like prediction that you could go like, either way. Um, that, and we all have like a preview show for NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day tomorrow with Ross McLeod hosting, featuring these four uh, participants in the predictions contest uh, who will then give their predictions and run down the card tomorrow uh, afternoon right before the show. It should be like sometime early afternoon. Keep to keep and keep up with our social media to kind of 
check out when you can uh, see that uh, when it goes live. It would be interesting if Sarah won this and I had to cash in my opportunity against her because I cast in my season four opportunity against Sarah. So it became kind of interesting for both my opportunities to be against Sarah for the title. Oh, that history that's, there. That's that. That's a that's a, a movie trilogy in itself, isn't it? <laughs> mm. I know the cash in the draft and then the other draft. <laughs> you know, I I still I'm te- I see I'm over it, but I'm technically you know, you know I mean this is this is te- this will be my vengeance day. Oh, I, oh, I start giving it's, a speech it's written like the president. I'm going to give a speech like the president at the end of Independence Day, but say vengeance day instead of independence. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all we have for Saturday Draft Live this week the first episode of the new season thank you for keeping with us like I said stay tuned to our social media channels uh, Facebook Twitter Instagram at Suplex Retreat or our Suplex Retreat community page that's where you'll uh, that's where the preview show tomorrow with Ross and the four takeover participants are should be going up running down the cars making their predictions let us know who you think We'll turn out on top of that particular four-way. Also on Sunday, uh, right about the evening, right about 6pm, if you're looking for something to listen to while you're going about your, your evening, wait for takeaway start, brand new episode of East Meets West will be going up with myself and the aforementioned Grant McRobbie. One of the uh, more fun episodes I think we've done recently. Uh, it's a good time to bring about everything that happened in New Japan's new beginning tour. And make sure to check out that and plastic past episodes of East Meets West and Saturday Draft Live and all world other content in the back catalogue on all good Android podcasting sites, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, whatever preferred podcasting platform is. We've got feature shows coming out. We've got one that just went up looking back at TakeOver Rival six years on. We've got this Tuesday we have a show about the Legion of Doom coming out, which shows about Glow, the final year of WCW and all all sorts. I think we've got a show about Edge coming out soon, which Jack will be hosting. I'm sure he's very excited about that. Oh, I'm buzzing. Oh, I'm buzzing. Yeah. I can't wait. And we, and we made this show, we planned that show before Edge even announced himself being the Rumble, so how topical that show has just become. I know, it's, 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 it's going to be, oh, be great. It's going to be an absolute love fest for Edge. I'm buzzing. That's, that's where we can see them, Jack. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, we've got so much more coming. We've got send, episodes of Central where we're all the latest news and everything else going on. And also Quiz Showdown, our series on YouTube. Uh, tonight, at the time we're recording, uh, the latest episode is being recorded. It's Quiz Showdown 8, Legends of Wrestling. And that should hopefully be out in the coming weeks. But if you haven't checked it out already, they've got the past episodes on our YouTube channel, like the most recent one, the Royal Rumble Quiz Edition, and also the latest Book It, with our very own David Hockney taking on my brother Ross in the semi-finals in a, in a hotly contested match. Uh, yes, it's um, it's going to be an interesting one to say the least. It's uh, you know we're booking uh, our very own tag team classic, and you know if I thought the match against Ryan was tough, like this one was even harder. Mm-hmm. Comes down to the wire. There's some arguing, some questions over the goat's decision making, but you know who will come out on top. I won't spoil it for you. Uh, so the winner of that will go on to face the winner of Steve Wilson versus Strick. Uh, that should be coming out very soon as well. Again, stay tuned. Our social media will let you know when that's coming out as well as everything else. But we've talked for quite a while. We've, I've plugged myself still with everything else we've got going on. Uh, thank you to everyone. And thank you to my co-hosts, Jack and Dave. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we hope you very much enjoy TakeOver Vengeance too. Yeah.
There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in this show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown. Sports Social Podcast Network.